morning we are going to piggyback or on the heels of what pastor has been preaching uh, a few weeks ago or last week. It's going to be, uh, I believe, a message that is due in due time, in a great time, uh, to follow up on him. Actually, what's interesting is, uh, remember Pastor Chris preached here a few weeks ago and while Pastor was out of town, and uh, Pastor originally had asked me to preach, and he said, if you want to, go ahead, and if not, Pastor Chris will preach. Well, I just felt it was a word that he needed to give and he had opportunity to give someone I remember hearing about in the congregation they needed to hear that word that day and so it was ordered by God but I had this message prepared and we don't talk we don't discuss what we're going to be preaching but I had well I was ready to start this off this about tending church and the importance of being here in every service and I I, uh, I held it and I know God wanted the, the, uh, the pastor to preach that message first and so I'm glad he did and I'll follow up this morning. How many know that in Malachi 3.6 God does not change? The word says he does not change and I'm so thankful in this crazy changing world and all the technology and new things coming out every day. I ordered me a phone. My son-in-law ordered me a phone. And, and it's called an iPhone 6 Plus. You know, those are pretty nice. And it's big. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. I can read it now. I, I, I've been using this one. And that's an iPhone. But it's nice. But I, I just can't get it screen big enough. It won't grow on me. I've tried watering it and everything else. But it... I, I need that big screen. Anyway, thank God. Well, my beautiful daughter is sitting over here next to her beautiful mother. Give her a hand. Amen. And this morning we also have a young man named Chris. He is sitting next to Dominic. He's his school partner. And Dominic knows how to invite people to church. And uh, he has a great testimony, and he believes in Jesus as his personal Savior, and uh, we're so glad for that. Well, if you would turn your Bible to a very familiar scripture to all of us, and it is a scripture that you have heard over and over and over, but I want to preach on the 23rd Psalms. So Psalms 23, verse 1. Praise God. Psalms 122 said, I was glad when he said, let's go into the house. How many glad to be in the house today? Amen. Praise God. Angela Don, how's that baby doing? She's here. Can you give the Lord a praise for that baby being healed? Amen. You know, it's so interesting when you see somebody healed and you become amazed, you know, like it caught us by surprise. We knew God was going to heal her. He is a healer. Amen. Well, I'm going to read this scripture, and you follow along with me. And I want you to think of this scripture as not just another scripture, although all scripture is wonderful. I want you to take this as a confession to your own spirit. 
the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Basically, he's saying that I am going to be all that you need and I'm going to supply all that you need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say you camp out there. It says we walk. Amen. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The true story, it's a cute story and it's funny, but it's a true story about a pastor who had a lady. Let's just say that she wasn't quite all there. She was a order fries short of a Happy Meal. And bless her heart, she came to church all the time and she was very, very, very nice lady but she, she had this thought that two guys were following her all the time. And so she'd go to the pastor and say, those two guys are following me. Those two guys are following me. He says, no, there's nobody following you. And every single week, wherever he saw her, she would continually say, those two guys are following me. Finally, he gave up and he says, lady, so turn your Bible to this scripture. She turns in there and she says, he says, read this. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that's who's following you. And she said, amen, praise God. I'm so glad. <laughs> so thank God that she finally figured out who was following her. The pastor had no more problems after that. You know church people are funny. I tell you, there, there's some funny things that happen in church. Someone should just make a video of all the funny things that happen in church, I'm telling you. In this scripture, verse 5, you prepare a table before me is the key verse that I'm going to be preaching on this morning. The other ones are wonderful, but this is the key verse. And the Hebrew word table, part of that is presence. His presence. And so, how many know that you need God's presence when you have enemies? We have enemies because we're human. We have a lot more enemies because we're saved. And that's okay. He prepares a table before our enemies. 
I'm going to read another version of this here. You don't have to read along with me or look in your Bible. But this is called the message. Have you ever heard the message translation of the Bible? I found this interesting. It goes, God my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me, find me quite quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. I love that. That's a lot of food. You receive my drooping head, my cup brims with blessings. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Isn't that beautiful? Praise God. I chose this song, and if you caught this song that we just played, it was a song by Richard Smallwood that I fell in love with. Um, it's where the table is spread. And I guess it's an old, old, old spiritual many years ago, and he redid it. But the word says, come on in where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord's going on. It said there's joy here where the table is spread. And be glad for some joy. Amen. Amen. And the feast of the Lord is going on. Seeking healing for your body, it's over here. Seeking healing for your soul, it's over here. Seeking for your soul's salvation, it's over here. If you want the Lord to make you whole, it's at the table. Love is right here at the table where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord's going on. Love is at the table. If you need more strength and more power and relief from your burden and pain, over here seeking for some joy in your sorrow, it's at the table where the table's spread. Peace is where the table is spread. And I love this part. I'm right here now. What you need is waiting at the table. We don't have to wait on it. It's waiting on us. It's right here. It's right here at the table. Powerful lyrics. Every time we meet in this house, the Lord has put together a beautiful buffet of blessings and a word for each one of us. More than a six-course dinner. But he has put together an endless buffet of blessings. Tell your neighbor, 
don't miss your place at the table. This is my title for this sermon. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the next few moments of your presence that we feel in this place. We thank you for the Holy Spirit right now, quickening us, Lord, together. May we take away from this place a word in due season for us, a word that can help us remember that so much your word is so muchly true. And we thank you, Lord, that we are feasting at your table this morning. We love you, we praise you, we bless you, we glorify and magnify your name. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so great to be with fine folks like y'all. I've got to brag on you, okay? You don't mind being bragged about, do you? An old Chinese proverb said, if you can brag without lying, brag. So I'm going to brag on you. When I was in the food business, we had meetings prior to opening up a new unit. And one of the things that we chose to do was, out of 700 applicants, we chose about 60. We chose the best of the best. I consider those were number ones. We rated employees' applications on one to four. One being the number one that we wanted to just got to have them because they're what we're looking for. And four was, uh, if you need a warm body and someone died, go get them. But don't call them unless somebody just, you absolutely have to have this person. But I chose, as with my other managers, to, to pick the best. And we, we learned something about uh, human nature. There are those who come in to apply for a job, and you can tell whether they're going to be a good employee just by the way they act when they come in. My dad used to have this saying, if you walk like you're carrying 100 extra pounds and all the weight's on your shoulders and you just can't seem to get in a hurry when you walk, uh, I can't use you because at a fast-paced restaurant, you've got to be able to move. You've got to move. You can't just mope around. So he used to watch people, and if they walk like this, he called it gingerly. Then, then he would consider them. And as, as we begin to hire these people, and we had them on the front row, kind of like right here, we had 60 employees about the center section. And we began to have meetings with these employees. And we would tell them, uh, I can tell by the way we, are, we have hired you uh, that you are racehorses. Uh, you're on the edge of your seat. You're ready to go. You're ready to come out of the gate. And you are ready to win the race. And now, there are a few in the back row, not talking about y'all, but there are a few in the back row who seem to be like plugs. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's a horse that ain't no good. You just are here because you have to be, 
are you here because somebody made you? But he, he uh, we would tell them, you are like racehorses. You're ready to go. And I, I've, I've, I sense that. I, I notice that, that same quality this church has where when people come in early and stay late, that's amazing. I know many live many a, a mile away and some live closer. But I am amazed at how that you get here and you're like that racehorse. You're, you're ready. You're ready to run. You're ready to go. You're ready to worship. You're ready to pray. You're ready to sing and, and receive God's word. And I commend you for that. It's a very unusual church to have, uh, honestly, of 50-something years of being in church that I can remember. Uh, I, I have to say this is an unusual congregation. Can you say amen? And this great worship team this morning did such a great job. And it's wonderful to have all the keyboard and everything with it, but these guys did a great job. Can you give them a big hand? Amen. Praise God. There's an old song that probably hardly anybody might know. But I love this song. I love the new songs. I love the old songs. But a lot of these a lot of these songs were written under stream duress and uh, you find that there's a lot of anointing in them as they're written. And this, is, this one song follows right along with my message about don't lose your place at the table that God spread. It's called Come and Dine. Anybody ever heard that? I won't sing it for you. I don't want to be dismissing early. But it says, Jesus had a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people to come and dine. Where his manna he doth feed and supplies our every need. Oh, tis sweet to sup with Jesus all the time. And he goes on and says, come and dine, come and dine. Your feast is at the table all the time. He who feed the multitude and turns the water into wine, to the hungry calleth now, come and dine. And it goes on to say, the disciples came to land, thus obeying Christ's command. For the master called unto them, come and dine. They are found that hearts desire bread and fish upon the fire. Thus he satisfies the hunger every time. How many know that we are hungry for God's word? We're hungry for God's move. Soon the lamb will take his bride to every, at every at his side and host of heaven will assemble be. Oh, it will be a glorious sight, all the saints in spotless white and with Jesus they'll be feasting eternally. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're going to be feasting not just on food, but we're going to be feasting on the Lord forever and ever and ever. Now you may ask me, how can we miss our place at the table? I'm so glad you've asked, I'll tell you. Every time that we miss an opportunity to be in church, we miss 
our place at the table. Now, I wasn't raised a bunch, around a bunch of kids. Uh, how many raised in a big family? You like, uh, okay, quite a few all, okay. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, bless your heart, I'm glad you survived it because I know it's... <laughs> I know it's tough when you got people trying to get the food off the table, and, and but I was an only child. That's why I tell my brother and sister anyway. But I, I, my mom and dad. Uh, there were seven years between my mom and my sister, and then they adopted this young little boy at four, four days old. Got him, and he's 16 years younger than me. And so we, I was kind of like an only child, so I didn't really have to, I really didn't have to fight for food, and it shows up, I tell you that. <laughs> but anyway, um, being at the church service every time we get a chance is what Pastor has really been preaching on. And I'm just going to seal this little deal here about that and tell you that uh, we are, we are a multitude of fine, wonderful people that love the Lord. And 40% of the, 40 of the Americans chin, attend church regularly, 40%. That's not much. I mean, there's 60% out there that don't even attend church at all. Now, I'm not talking about if you have a legal excuse and you've got to work. Lord, have mercy. I worked and worked on Sundays and when I quit working in the restaurant business, I was so excited. And you can ask my wife, even today, I'm going to go home and take a nap. And I love the fact of being off and being with family and, and going home and chilling out and going to sleep. I never got that chance until I was 37 years old. But until then, I worked every Sunday. Now, I got to go at Sunday night service. Sometimes I'd get there on time, and sometimes I wouldn't. Uh, my dad's brother, funny story, he was working the oil field. My dad and he were working the oil field together, and then later on, my dad started his own oil well rig, and he'd go out and drill, and, and my uncle was a hard, hard, hard worker. My dad was, but my uncle was crazy. He'd work and work and work, and he said he couldn't keep no employees because he worked them to death. So he went ahead and, and would work at the last minute and then go home, get cleaned up out of the oil field, and come to church. And he would get there, and my dad was the worship leader, and, and he would come to church just about the time the preacher would get up to preach. But he came. But my dad said, why can't you get here earlier? And he said, oh, well, I just, I just couldn't stop working. And he said, so what you basically come in to do is get here in time for the preacher to preach the hell out of you. He said, that's true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but he never did get there all the time I can remember on time for church. But again, praise God for us who get here on time. You know, the devil will make sure that you have an opportunity to really be late or miss a service. And again, working is, 
understandable and if you've got reasons for not making it here it's like I'm preaching the choir but I just want to exalt you and and say that we're proud of of how you attend the services and um, why attend every service why should we attend every service God has a daily word for us a fresh manna you know manna is not even good after it's been a day old that manna was fresh every day for the children of Israel. When you tend all the services available, there's an anointing that you receive from when you are getting the word at this particular time. As a pastor begins to preach, there's an anointing for you to hear and receive it in your spirit and take it home. Now, it's been proven that your, your senses and keenness of getting the spirit in you right now is very high. Your senses of getting a word from the Lord is very powerful. And it's been also proven that when you walk out the door, you may remember part of it, and your spirit may be received part of it, but as you walk out that door in the parking lot and get in your car and go eat, uh, in other words, you can't get over the airways an anointing like this. You can't get over TV an anointing like this. It's fresh. It's right here. It's dropped in our hearts right here. Nothing wrong with listening to anything like that on TV or radio but the fresh manna, and God set this up just this way for us. So we receive what we have every time that we come to church. I'm so glad that we are um, in this congregation that we can have the opportunity to meet together as many times as, as you notice there is a lot of churches just are open one day a week. And uh, it's amazing, if a business operated that way, they'd be broke. Six reasons why we should attend every service. Number one, to fulfill the Lord's commandments. He said, I command that you not forsake your assembling together, according to Hebrews 10.25, and the international verse reads, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage each other, and all the more you will see the day up, as you see the day approaching. Notice what, what, the, what the scripture is basically telling us is that we need each other. We need encouragement with each other. And as we're sitting together, we are encouraging each other. We're... We're feeling the spirit together. We're a family together. We're supping together. We're eating together. We're, we're getting the word together. And you may be going through something, or I may be going some, through something, that I need you. And I might need you. I might need you uh, to encourage me, to pray with me. And as the day approaches, what it says there's going to be a lot of calamity and destruction and a lot of problems that we're already seeing unfold. 
I have noticed, and, and, and pastors mentioned this, uh, uh, the whole world is crazy. The whole world is falling apart. Uh, you, you know, I was uh, drafted in the service when I was 19, and we had a draft back then. But thank God, I, I wouldn't mind serving my country, but my wife was pregnant. We had, I had a job making good money. And to be honest with you, I would have made a good soldier. But I really do, I, I'm glad that I didn't get to go because we had a lot of destiny to, to fulfill. And it was in the business I was with and raising our children and things. And because, bless those who serve our country and have served our country. I'm a very patriotic person. I love people who are in uniform and those who serve our country. But I was drafted and I got out without actually going in the service because of my uh, illness of my knees. And, uh, but I really, I really, I don't know, during the time of, that was a ter terrible time of Vietnam War. And some of you remember it very well, and some of you don't even remember what went on, but you heard about it, or you read about it in, your, in the books. But though that war was, you know, and a few other things, wars, you might have heard about. But today, we've got wars everywhere. They are fighting on every soil, seems like, and including like 9-11, our own soil. And we're fighting an enemy that is absolutely ruthless. They don't care who they kill. Pastor was actually talking Friday morning to the men about the blood of Jesus and how this religion of the Muhammad uh, teachings or the Muslim teachings are, are about the shedding of blood, and they don't care. They're not talking about Jesus' blood. They're talking about innocent blood. So we, we have even more reason to contend for being in church every time we can because this world gets harder and rougher. We're going to need each other. And, and I believe this with all my heart. I believe a good God, like we serve, is going to take care of our needs just like you got that job. And I believe that he's going to supply what we need. I almost feel like at this particular time in our lives, as we are getting in this deeper and deeper with this end days, and we know it's not long, whether it be a year or 10 years or whatever, we know that the Bible teaches us that we're going to go through tougher times. But I feel this way. I feel a, a authority in my own spirit to know that my heavenly Father watches over me. I don't trust in man. No, there's a song that says, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to trust in God no matter what happens. And so I feel confident as long as I'm doing what the word says, I'm giving 
what the word says. I'm believing what the word says. I'm walking what the word says. I believe all my heart that we're going to be taken care of. Amen? Yes, amen. Sadly, we have seen the church, many people come and go in our services. They may be going elsewhere. Praise God. Pastor mentioned the same thing last week. If they're going somewhere, wonderful. But I can, I can tell you that I have seen, and you have been here for a while, have seen an enormous amount of people go through this door and never come back. Or you may have seen them come back maybe once, maybe twice, and never returning. You may have seen them come in, and about every six months they drop in again. But we have established, the Lord has established this church here for a purpose and a city on the hill that we may be a light bright and shining for the world to see. I believe that with all my heart. And I know if we keep doing what's right, right's going to come out right. Amen. And as we, as we gather together, we strengthen each other and, and we're here for each other. So if you are not here one service, uh, we miss you. If you're here sporadically, we miss you. And we, we want you to try to attend every service if possible. The falling away of the church is not uncommon in the last days. The word speaks about it. But I believe, I believe there will be in a time when this church is packed full. Matter of fact, I spoke to pastor last week. We were talking about what's the biggest challenge that we have concerning this church building if we can't find another church and we begin to grow at leaps and bounds. And I believe in the last day we're going to be packed full because people are going to be coming in for an answer. And the answer is Jesus. And I believe that we're going to have an amazing amount of people coming in this door to, to get saved and for help. And, and I, I believe that. <laughs> Praise God. So I began to, we began to, I said, what, what is the biggest challenge we're going to have when that day comes? And it wasn't seating capacity. Because we can, we can seat 300. And I'm not saying that's all we'll have, but who knows what's going to happen. But we said the biggest challenge is, is classes for children. And so, you know, the Lord knows what we need. If we're here another year or two in this building, he knows what we need. If we need another building, he's got that already for us. Amen, Miss Betty? We prayed over this church, uh, that not this church, but we prayed over another building for months and months. And you know what? The Lord made a church out of it. It wasn't our church, but he made a church out of it. <laughs> and and uh, we just know that God has a place and a purpose for us for the future. Many excuses come. 
many excuses come. I love sports, but I hate sports because it takes away from attending church. And don't get me started on cheerleading. I met a guy one time, and I actually was working with him. His kids went to school where I worked, and uh, I see, he, said, he said, I won't see you for about two weeks. And I said, why? He said, because i got to go on this cheerleading trip, my daughter's, and okay, that's good, okay. And he gets back, and he said, well, i got to be gone next Sunday uh, because of cheerleading. And this kept going the entire year. And he kept saying, well, I've got to be gone. I thought, what are you teaching your child? Is this child going to get what she needs out of cheerleading for the rest of their life? And there's nothing wrong with cheerleaders. There's nothing wrong with football or any other sport. But when it becomes number one, and cheerleading is that way. We used to have a person attend here and her little girl would go to cheerleading events and we wouldn't see them for weeks and sometimes a month at a time. All I'm saying is parents be careful not to put sports in front of God and the house of God. Amen? Services are designed for spiritual growth, hearing and preaching the word, singing praises and prayer, giving tithes and offerings. How can we grow up for not, on a starvation diet? We can become spiritually malnutrition. We can have malnutrition spiritually if we're not in the house. To help the church function properly, you and I are very important to the kingdom of God. The church needs workers. We're always needing workers, teachers, teachers. Uh, intercessors I found this out over the years if you go to work for the church and for the Lord you're happy and the chance on you leaving is a lot less getting busy getting involved doing things very important it's the only way we can grow in numbers is have people be able to take care of children ushering everything that you do today and also something about when you bring you bring something to the table every time you walk in this house you're bringing something to the table you're bringing Jesus with you to provide a good example and influence to one another in the community every time that people drive by this parking lot, and they see a bunch of cars out here. Yeah, we're making a statement. All that church is having, they're having church again. Having church again. An old pastor years ago told me, uh, and some other pastors, about this uh, beautiful church building they had built inside assembly in Tucson, the old uh, smaller church. And as they, he built his church, he said the congregation was only uh, less than 100 people. And that building held probably three, 400 people. And the parking lot was huge at the time. And he, he said, I want y'all to do something. I want everybody to drive a car. 
man and wife, if you can drive a car, I want you to drive it and fill this parking lot up. And people can drive by and say, wow, look at all those people in that church. And it worked. He did that. And then later he said, can you come together now because we're running out of room, which is a nice, good thing, problem to have. Faithful attendance teaches our children what's important, like I said. Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child. When he's old and he won't depart or turn from it. Now turn that around just a little bit and say, I train up a child in the right way or will I train up a child in the wrong way and when he's old, he won't depart. You get that? You train them up the wrong way and they will have a hard time departing from those wrong habits. Your absence from church creates a concern. Now, this church is not that big that we can't know pretty well if you're ill because you let us know or you're going to be out of town and thank you for doing that that's a that's a blessing but it causes concern because we don't know if you're hit by a truck or you have some situation where you have a, a death in the family and no one knows about it or something but we we are truly concerned if you're not in the house as believers, we need to be ready and prepared what Jesus wants us to do. Not be caught off guard. Matthew 24, 44 said, don't be caught off guard. Matthew 24 said, let's also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when we're not expecting him. Now that's, that's an awesome statement that Matthew wrote as much as we're hearing about and being hearing and teaching on Jesus coming, yet for us not to be caught off guard. You know, God's God, he can do it how he wants to. And he may, he may do it in a way that we didn't even, even know about. Paul, Paul taught a need, the need to be prepared for anything and everything. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. How about you? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews 9, 14 says, Jesus died to purify, purify our conscience. Missing service can contribute to a guilty conscience. Now tell me, if you've been in church and you stay home for some reason that's really not, I call legal, don't you feel a little guilty? If not, you should. Common sense tells us we're better off in church. And we should be. We should be better together. A guilty conscience soon leads, soon leads to hardened conscience. In other words, what I'm saying is it's easy to start missing and the old devil makes sure there's something else comes in and you start missing. You, you do this and you start missing and pretty soon you're not here at all. I can't count. I'm only going to guess this and this is a good estimate when I say this. 
in the last six years, let's just go five years of being in this house, I'm going to give you a number that will be surprising to you. If those people would have come back, and I'm only going to say a portion of them, I'm even going to say all of them, I'm going to say a, a large portion of the people came back and made this their church home like you have. Not only could this church not hold all those who have left, but it would probably take a church of several thousand people just to hold the people who have not come back and made this their church home. And again, like Pastor said, we're not talking about they go to another church, God bless them for being in church. No matter where it is, we don't hold the rights to this church and you can't live or go to heaven if you don't come to this church. We're not talking about that. We're talking about attending church regularly and being in the house of God and being fed and, and, and trusting God and, and everything that we do and the things that we are standing for, the rules that we, the Lord has put together for us to obey together and coming together and worshiping him as we do. But it, I cannot even, it's like I, I keep cards like this one here whenever you fill it out. And this is Chris's back there. What's your last name? Oh, why? Okay. I never know that. But whenever people fill these cards out, and you probably filled them out when you came, if, if not, we probably missed you. And the ushers are doing a great job of giving these cards to us. We try to follow up on them and call or, and, and invite them back to service. But you should see the stack of cards I've got just in the last year. It'd be about that tall of a stack. It's amazing how many people come through here for whatever reason, but thank God for you who stuck. Amen? Thank God for who you that come.